Hey everybody, welcome to Grounded on this Monday morning. We are sitting here in the stream room in central Ohio. It is raining. It's about 45 degrees. My name is Craig and across from me is Brandon. And I feel like we're crossing the Delaware. I do feel like we're crossing the Delaware. It's wet. It's feel like, you know, as you're walking, it's like the waves are splashing up on you. We're riding a fish. Oh, wait, that's the picture of the coffee that we're drinking. Exactly. Beware the Delaware. And we got this from an anonymous donor, and yeah. so we appreciate that. And uh, so we were trying to decide about this coffee. The coffee's called Beware, Beware the Delaware, and the, the graphic is awesome. It's from Black Rifle Coffee. The graphic is great. It's got a picture of George Washington. Enough said. Right? Riding on the back of this fish. It almost looked like a, looks like a combination of like a – it's like a striped bass, I think. Anyways – he is he's got a fishing net attached to his back. He's got a musket that he's holding there. He's got this fish like strapped in like he would a horse. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I thought the graphic was really good. Um the graphic is over the top like um very what do we very founding fathers like, right? you know? It's like very I'd cool. vote for that guy. Yeah, I would. Heck yeah. Yeah. But um so uh, it's Beware of the Delaware, yeah. and it's from Black Rifle, and um, the coffee is what would you say? It's kind of um, there's an acidity to it, yeah. Like it's very, it's kind of acidic. I won't say very acidic. It's the more I drink it, the better it's getting. Yes, the first the first sip, I was like, whoa, I'm not sure about this. But I think part um, of that was the smell too. And now that yeah. that's kind of toned down a little bit, because I was the same way. Yeah, but you're right. The more you drink it, the better the better it seems to get. And um, so thank you for that. Um, we always enjoy trying coffee out and um you know um it has a little different taste it does maybe that's yeah. why it's the be- the beware is in there i guess so we're we're we've taken caution so we have taken caution yeah and that's yeah it, it's good it's not not awful but i will say uh, just we had another um pot of the 7 weeks last week we after did. we we podcasted we had another pot like well, i think wednesday or something yes and that that was good coffee. It is very I was good. Very coffee. impressed with that, and it supports just a great, you know, just a great um, opportunity to support pregnancy mm-hmm. resource centers right. across the nation here. Yeah. So um, again, if you guys um, run across the coffee and you guys uh, love it or you don't love it and you want us to try it, it can be it can be grounds, it can be grounded, it can be pot, well, whatever. Uh, send it Whole our beans. way, and we would like to try it. I'm going to ask that if you don't like it, you don't share it. No, if you don't like it, go ahead and share it because I like because maybe I'll like it. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll like it. Uh, maybe I will. So, um, yeah, because I'm, I mean, I always enjoy trying different kinds of coffee for sure. Coffees, especially that I probably wouldn't buy, right? Or that I wouldn't like. I, I'd see that probably think, oh, I'd like to get you know a bag of that. But sometimes that stuff's so expensive, you know, you can't. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, Craig and I drink our coffee differently too. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I drink mine straight weak. black. Straight black. Weak. Nope, not weak. Okay. Okay. He drinks his weaker than I drink mine. Because you load yours down with milk and sugar. No, no, no. I drink mine. Okay, here's what I do. If you can put a spoon in the middle of the coffee cup and it freestands, that's coffee. Yours is like iced tea, bro, without the ice in it. Yeah, because you put all of that 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 syrup in there of the, the okay, pumps I, of – that's what makes your spoon stand up is your creamer. Dude, I just wish John Wayne was here. I wish he was here. I looked up to see how John Wayne drank his coffee. Yeah. 
Or no, John Wayne. We saw how John Wayne. John yeah, Wayne drinks was, his coffee like He had like vanilla. A he had a hint of vanilla, and he had a little bit of cream and espresso. I will say that he had a double shot of espresso. And I usually do. So, yeah, see, and he, that's great. He's all. I, I looked up to see how Clint Eastwood alpha. drinks his coffee, and it doesn't say so. Yeah, he drinks his. Um, he drinks his with a splash of cream, right? Just Does a he? splash. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just making it up. <laughs> I don't know, but we do. We drink them differently. He does. He does. He does like to go black, and um, and I can go black if it's not, um, you know, if it's not like bitter. And that's my thing. Like I don't care how strong it is. I like a good strong yes. coffee as long as it's not bitter. If it's bitter, like check me out. That's if I, why. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the word bitter I, coffee. Tell me the first thing that comes into your mind. Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah, Starbucks hey, coffee. I'm is sorry if you guys drink the Starbucks, worst. the worst coffee, the worst company, the worst everything yeah. that you can imagine. High priced, overpriced, everything just it's it's terrible. They coffee. support everything that we don't. Exactly, exactly. So um, anyway, and if you're on a Starbucks kick, get off of it, man. That stuff is just I don't know. How you drink it's not that coffee. Stuff. It, it it's um you know. I'm at the point now. I wouldn't even drink coffee if that's the only coffee that that was there because it just I would it's grind up dirt. Bitter. I'd filter well, water. How, that's dirt. actually what that tastes like, to be honest with you. <laughs> Am I true. right? It's true. That's yeah. actually. It's like they got more dirt than the beans in there. You know, it's right. like. Um, hey, speaking of that, um, the beans and and all that. I don't know. We might have said this on a on a um, podcast before, but Anita and I have you know three four weeks ago we went to Mechanicsburg. Yeah, and we went to the. Um, my mind just went blank. Um, you know, no, mine did too. Hemisphere, hemisphere, went to hemisphere there, and it's where they actually they they prepare everything there. Yeah, they roast, they're, they're roasted there, they bag it there. Yeah. Um, so nice this thing. Mm-hmm. So Nina and I went there, and we said they have like this gas fireplace. So we said you were there. telling me about that. Yeah, but we're actually in like it's kind of an offset from the main room from where they bag it, they roast it, they do everything. The the place smelled like coffee heaven, to be honest with you. It just That's great. smelled great. But um, I would encourage anybody if you're in Mechanicsburg to stop at um, Hemisphere Coffee, and if you like coffee, it's going to be well worth your time. Um, I believe they're they're kind of a Christian organization, and um, um, the girls that were there the day that we were there were just super friendly. They were talking about church, and oh, people awesome. were coming in. You guys going to be at church tomorrow? And da da da. So yeah, it was really good. Um, and they're young, man. I bet they were eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and they were That's great. They were asking people if they're going to go to church, and I thought it was really, uh, it was just really good. We need so, more of that in the world today. Yeah, we do. So Hemisphere Coffee, if you ever get a chance to, um. Try it or to do it. Now, if you don't want to go to Mechanicsburg, you can still try Hemisphere Coffee. If you go to Marysville. The Coffee can, Hall. Coffee yeah. Hall, Coffee Creamery yeah. there on, what is that, Main Street? It's Fifth on Main Street. Main, yeah. Main Street. And uh, that's a good place. Um, we still need to podcast from there because I got that great little. I know. Every time yeah. you say that, I'm like, yes, we do. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we got to load all this equipment down there. Well, and- we don't. Okay, I have to load all exactly. this equipment. That's down more like there. it, bro. Thank you because right? I'll just meet you there. Exactly. I'll help you unload it in there. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. You were so kind and generous. Oh man. So, anyways. Um, so somebody came up to me yesterday and I think it was might have been Glenn Smith. And cuz we hear about um the women have their Taco Tuesdays is that once a month? No, it's once a year. It's an annual once thing. a year. Okay, got gotcha. We have our Taco Tuesday at the Schnault household every week. Yeah, barf. But anyway, um <laughs> Glenn Smith, I think, comes comes up to me yesterday, and he says, "Hey, the women have um, Tuesdays Taco Tuesday." 
I'm like, yeah, right. He said, I think the men should do Waldo Wednesday. And do you know what he's talking about with Waldo? GNR, baby. And the GNR, what did we get? Fried bologna sandwich. Fried bologna sandwiches. We were there. My mom and dad came in there a few weeks ago. And um, Sorry, I was probably busy. You probably were. It was actually probably past your dinner time. Well, that's probably what time did you eat? Like six? It was like seven. Yeah, way past, bro. So we, well, so they went to Christian's ball game here at the church. He had a basketball game, his final game of the season. But I still do win. It was last weekend. And then, um, Allie and I were up in Illyria for Jordan's robotics competition. They met us up there and they actually finished fairly early. And my mom was like, um, can we go to GNR? So we Ooh. came to GNR and ate. We had a little bit of a wait, but it wasn't awful. Um, it was oh, worth it. Yeah. I usually get the country boy there. Yeah, that's what it's you the said. hamburger. I've heard that's really good. Country, hamburger, hamburger with a piece of bologna fried on top and a piece of bologna fried at the bottom. Yeah. And it is literally, it's like, I am sure that when you, when the Bible says in my house are many mansions and many rooms, I'm sure there's going to be a room for GNR bologna. Just saying. It's got to be. That stuff it is has divine. To be there. That stuff is, that stuff is really, really good. It's top notch. Right. Yes, it is. I'm not and if you and if you're thinking bologna like Oscar Mayer, get that no. out of your head. This no, 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 is no, no, German no. bologna cut about probably between a quarter and a half inch thick. Yeah, not that much. It's not that big on the uh, country on the country boy. boy. Right. It's more like it's thicker than a slice of bologna, but you get two of them. Yes. And so and a hamburger and a hamburger. Yeah, and their hamburgers are good, bro. Yeah, I mean they are good. And, and I thought about that too because you mentioned that that he said we should have Waldo Wednesday, or we could do Manly Monday, and we could just eat like steaks i'm 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 all for that i'm all for steak anytime manly monday hey rcc join us next monday for manly monday where we'll be grilling up some t-bones over the open flame <laughs> if you're having t-bone i bet you every manly man would be here on uh, for right? that i mean who's gonna pass up a t-bone Go to Paso Batiba. I don't know. We had uh, ribeyes. Yeah, I think I sent you pictures because you went to Texas Roadhouse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. last week, and you, you literally you texted me and said, "We just got home from Texas Roadhouse. I'm stuffed." And I sent you a picture. I had steaks getting ready to go in the cast iron pan. I you was, did um, getting ready to fry up some ribeye, bone in ribeyes, well, those are which good. is my favorite. That's like the outlaw, right? Yes, that's the outlaw. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get those? The one and only Mosers. Was how expensive were those? They weren't that bad. How much were the per steak? per pound? They're like um, oh pound 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 yeah. They were about ten dollars a steak. Well, that's good. Ten eleven dollars. I didn't pay. I think I paid like twenty two bucks for both steaks. But they were over, probably a pound or plus a piece. Yeah, because Davis is here with us, and I bought steaks because he loves steak, yeah. and so I bought um, ribeyes. Dude, like almost a pound ribeye was like. 14 bucks. Right. 15 bucks. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is crazy. Because mm-hmm. one steak was like 18 bucks. The other one was like 16. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, man, meat is just. I'll tell you what expensive. we did the other day. And yeah. I normally don't go this lean, but we were at Costco. And on um, what day was that? Saturday? And we were planning. To, no, it was Friday. It was Saturday. We were planning to have hamburgers that night. And they had their book hamburger it was like 88 percent lean and i thought i normally i'm normally an 80 20 guy Mm -hmm. i'm like let's try it and so we got that i cooked them because it was a nice day saturday evening i cooked it on the uh, black you you mean 80 percent 20 percent lean or 80 percent sorry 20 percent lean okay like 88 80 percent burger 10 or 20 percent fat yeah gotcha gotcha gotcha, so this was 88 percent burger 12 percent you just don't like 100 percent all fat I mean, I'd try it. 
Yeah. That's the way John Wayne would have eaten it. Exactly. That's why he bit it young. But anyway, go ahead. But anyway, so I cooked them on the Blackstone. Not smash burgers, just regular burgers. They were actually really good. Really? Yeah. I bet they were. So. Yeah, 80-20 is a little, it's it's nice. I mean, it's good. Um, I've seen it. You know, more than that, but I like to go a little bit more. Like, uh, there's one that's like an 85. Yeah. And that's about 15. where this I like that. You I like, like that, that one. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's, um, See, I like it fattier. That's where you get your flavor. Yeah. It is. It's kind of like, it's like the ribeye. Yes. You, it, you know, the ribeye has so much flavor because it's fat. People are like, oh, I don't like the fat on it. Well, you know, you can cut the fat off. You know, you don't have to. Or you to can just eat, eat it. That. Yeah. You can just eat it. Um, my grandkids call it the squishy. Squishy. But, you know, hey, give me some of that with the squishy. I on like it. the squishy. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's good. It is good. Allie likes the squishy, doesn't no, she? she doesn't. She gets just a big old bowl of squishy, doesn't she? And put right? ketchup on it and go with it. She could be coming for you now. <laughs> she's going to be, when she hears this, she's going to be like, oh, no. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. That is not Allie. She like cuts all of the fat off of her steak. I'm like, are you going to eat that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not really. You could grill that up on the Blackstone and, you know, get that going. And I think you, you know what would be good? Deep mm-hmm. fry it. Can't you can pretty there. much deep fry anything, and it might be good. Have you ever had deep fried Oreos? I actually have. So good. I've had um, all kinds of yeah cookie dough. Mm-mm. Deep fried cookie dough. No. Ooh, that's good. Never had it. That's good. Is it? Yeah. Deep fried okra. I don't like okra. Love okra. But anyway, deep fried. I probably would do it. Right. You could probably deep fry grasshopper, and I might try it because deep now, I've heard good. that's good. I've never tried it. I've never tried it either. But I mean, mm. what about your favorite insect? We could deep fry a praying mantis. Ooh, my god! Is that a sin no, since that, it's praying? No, those are disgusting. Do you know what? Um, I've actually had this, and this is really good. Deep fried possum meat. It oh, is here we all, go. Here we go. Good. Put a little mustard on he that. He says he's actually had this. I don't buy it. Dude, I, I've eaten more possum. I mean, you did technically grow up in northern Kentucky, <laughs> so. <laughs> I can't believe you from the, from the Hill Jack area of virginia that you guys didn't have a good possum thanksgiving dinner sometime you know you'd say that every time you say that i think you know what i think of what granny from the beverly hillbillies like yeah. okay so i had to laugh this morning i was coming down uh, whitestone and um at the side of the road was a dead possum and i did not see this yesterday but i don't know i i didn't see it, but i just happened to look over there, there he sets but this thing was just mangled and it was decaying and everything i wanted so bad to if it wasn't raining i would have stopped and gotten a picture and be like this would have been good four days ago right <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> All right, we'll move awesome. on from the possum. We'll move on so, from there. Should yeah. we get into the serious stuff or like baseball? That's baseball's what I was coming up. Say. Baseball's it's coming up. It started spring it's, training. I know it started. So um, the Braves looked awful yesterday. Well, they may have looked awful, but I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, too. The Reds are awful. Looks awful, and they're just going to be awful again. They're not going to be good at all. Yeah. So I don't know where to go from here. So I'm totally rooting for the Astros and the Brewers now. So you know what? I what? think you and I should take a road trip. To Florida. To go see the Astros play? Maybe Friday. We'll go, no, not the Astros. We'll just go watch a baseball game. Who cares? We'll be in Florida and it's, we're supposed to get snow Friday. I'm converting you to the Astros this year. I am not, I would never pull for the Astros. Oh, don't say never, bro. I will never pull for the Astros. Okay, you guys heard it right here. Right here. You heard it right here, right now. February 27th, 2023. Brandon will never pull for the, never. Well, I don't know. If they guaranteed, year from now, he's gonna be like, man. You know what? I love those Astros. That Jose Altuve is the dude. Okay, guaranteed, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Jose Altuve just needs to retire. <laughs> oh my gosh! So punk. I know we got a couple people enjoying this right now. Yes. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Don't. I know. Don't, don't fast forward. Don't skip. Don't yeah, skip. Don't skip because you haven't got your baseball fix in a while, ladies. Yeah, so we've uh, we've 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 kind of held back a little bit. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
spring training is one of those things that, um, you know, if you're a baseball fan, and I know some of you are and some of you are not, um, spring training I always thought was really good because guys like Tom Seaver, if you remember Tom yeah, Seaver yep. from way back in the day, his to- his uh, his spring training record was absolutely terrible. Like there was times where he was zero and five, mm-hmm. and his earned average is like you know eleven sixty two. What what he's doing is he always said is he's getting his mechanics down. He doesn't mind if he's giving up home runs because he's he's literally working on the mechanics of his pitching. But if you notice, like the last two games of his spring training starts, he lights out. The dude is lights out because he had worked on the mechanics. He's working out all the kinks. He's trying to get yep. everything mechanically set. So he goes to where if he's playing with the Mets or he's playing with the Reds or the White Sox or whoever he's playing for, he, he goes north and his mechanics are going to be good because he said, I, my goal is to start 35 to 38 games a year. And if my mechanics aren't good, I, I won't start that many games. Right. I'll be hurt. And yep. so the goal is not to be hurt. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know what the goal is now. Right, I don't know, right? I, they don't have the same mindset. So. No, they don't. But but yeah, spring training is just that. It, it's to train. It's you know you've had the off season, and and some of those guys don't stop training. You know, right. year round they train year round, but some of them don't, and so they need this time to get their bodies back in right. shape and get the fundamentals back in. And you know, you talked about it's been a while, a few months now, but you you made the comment in a sermon about how you know we we throw the phrase around so often of practice makes perfect. You remember talking about that? Yeah. And you were talking about how that's actually really not true because if you don't have the, say, say baseball and you've got a guy who's practicing and his swing fundamentals, like right. his, the function of his swing is not right, right. that practice is not going to make perfect. That's mm-hmm. going to just continue to make him have a poor swing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago. I was running with a, on a, a trainer on the treadmill or whatnot, and he made a comment, and it stuck out. I've actually run a few um, courses with him, and he's made this comment both. The times. trainer looks like my son-in-law, by the way. Not this. This, this okay, is a different you, trainer. You, this, okay, gotcha. uh, this guy's tr- Casey Gilbert. Yeah, Tommy Rivs does absolutely look like J Mac. He does one hundred percent. Maybe a little taller than J Mac. Maybe, but um, but Casey Gilbert said um, practice makes progress. There you go. And I thought, how good is that? Right. Right. You know, whether we're talking about baseball or running or our spiritual life or whatever, you know, we, we strive to make that progress. Well, and, um, you know, in, at the end of the uh, 71 season, 1971, I know it's a long time ago, so just bear with me. Um, the uh, Reds ended up getting Joe Morgan. And if you know who Joe Morgan is, if you're a baseball fan, you know who he is. So he'd been playing with the Astros since 1965 regular. And so he comes in a trade to the Reds and he starts the 72 season. So as they're going into the 72 season in spring training, Ted Klazuski, who's the Reds hitting coach at the time, um, looks at Joe Morgan and says, you've got a hole in your swing. And Joe Morgan at this point is like basically a, uh, you know, he's like a 260 hitter, great fielder, speedsman, yeah. awesome, yeah. you know, uh, good hitter though, but a 260s hitter basically. And um, he says, you got a hole in your swing. Joe Morgan's like, what are you talking about? It's, it's been my swing for the last eight, nine years. And right. he went, and this is what Ted Klazuski said. And this is Joe Morgan said this stuck out to him. His entire, the rest of his career. Um, you've done wrong so long, you think you're right. Exactly. And I believe that's true even when it comes like to our life as yeah. a Christian. We, we, we think practice makes perfect or we're doing something and, and it, and it is not that way because when you, sometimes as a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ, you've done it wrong so long, right. now you think you're right. Right. It's that repetition. We think, well, we've, we've done it. Repetition means that, that I'm, I'm on the right track. Exactly. And that's always. why I love new Christians and people who come to church, um, who haven't been in church 
they're not doing it wrong at this point. They're doing it because they love God. And a exactly. lot of times the old timers are the ones that are actually more in the wrong than the ones who are coming in. Right. Because they've done, they've, it's, I'm doing it this way or I've seen it modeled this way. Like grandma did it and yeah, dad, yeah. mom did it and now I'm doing it. And, but it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. You and, see that in, uh, the, in the New Testament with the Pharisees. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I always thought that was interesting because, you know, uh, Ted Klazuski, Really filled the hole in for Joe Morgan. For and sure. when Joe Morgan was with the Reds. He turned. He was like ground. a three hundred hitter yeah. for yep. his eight years that he was there because he 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 showed him where the hole. Because it's when you're swinging the bat, you don't know where your hole is. Yeah, you can't see the hole, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can't even see it when you see the film. So back in the day, they they filmed these things, and he would freeze frame it, and he would circle the hole. And Joe Morgan, so he placed these bats and balls around on the bat um on um batter's box so he would get over the hole right and i think that's really good because that for two or three weeks before like you haven't got it joe morgan reported early so he right worked with tech lazuski i've always thought that was kind of cool because um you know if you relate that spiritually um to us you have you know uh, there's things that you and i have to do to get back on track right and you know it's when you have a person who is in your corner and comes up to you and says, Hey, um, I've noticed this, right? but you're not going to get offense, offended by it or they're not offensive with it. Kind of, you know, kind of goes along with the fruit of the spirit, you right. know, because, you know, when you're they come trying, in, a, in a gentle, cause we talked about that yesterday right. briefly, you know, restore, it's always about restoration. restoration yeah. And, uh, when Tech tells Joe Morgan, you got a hole in your swing. It's not about trying to make you feel bad. Yeah, it's not, not trying, trying to, to slam down. you. Right. No, it's trying to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here to make you better. Right. And I think that's, I, I, there's so many, I know some of you are probably thinking, okay, get off the baseball, but, uh, there's so many for me, um, spiritual analogies when it I comes agree. to even like all sports, actually, you can, you can relate that. So, right. Okay. We'll, we'll table the baseball talk till the next time. How about that? That's right. So, but thank you for bearing with us. They fast forwarded. Uh, I'm sure you know, they, they did. did. There's that 10 second. You're going to miss forward. the spiritual, uh, the spiritual analogy, Sue, if you don't, if you don't listen to the whole thing. That's right. That's right. Um, good day yesterday. Big crowd again. Yeah, it was a What's great going day. on with that? I don't know. It's great. Well, I love it because you and I were talking, and the more people we have in that room, the more responsive they are. And it's like the last few weeks, mm-hmm. first service and second service have flip-flopped. Second service is awesome. They've been man. more they, responsive. My, and maybe they've been listening to the podcast. Maybe they're like, hey, we're done. You talking about right, it. Right, so, exactly. So um, well done, second service. Exactly. I mean, they were in it. Like things that were just meaning, like not that funny they were engaged in it yeah or absolutely. they were engaged in just what was taking place yeah. and yes. um i thought it was really good i thought the worship thought worship was good i thought mm-hmm. the songs were awesome to start out with i thought the song before i got up um was everywhere i really go really good i think the words are good i think i thought it was good for the uh the topic for the mm-hmm. day talking about gentleness yeah. um um, I think that song fits anywhere though. With, it does. The and the, the very last song, Great I Am, you know. Yeah. Well, just you can't to, get any better than that. Exactly. You sing that every Sunday. I don't think anybody gets sick of it. I might, but. I know, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. It's awesome, <clears throat> yeah. man. Yeah. And then, um, the, you know, following, um, you know, cause we were talking about, you know, the woman at the well and right. being spiritually thirsty and then coming out singing, you know, all who are thirsty and the, yeah. Great words to that song. Very good words. Wow. Really and that was one of those, like, you know, definitely the Holy Spirit just kind of worked in that because I told you, I went into that before I even looked at your outline and I thought, how am I going to tie songs into gentleness? Like, yeah, what songs are we going to sing that are going to tie into gentleness? And then it's like, man, the woman at the well, 
mm-hmm. all who are thirsty. Like it, it was like a no brainer. Well, you know, um, when you're talking about gentleness, um, and you know, you look, you, you look at, you look at the fruit of the spirit and you know, you're thinking, okay, I can define love and joy and peace, you know, and all those things, but you get down to the topic of gentleness, gentleness. I mean, literally that's a weird one to put in there, but, um, if I'm, if I'm being really honest with you, I'm, I wouldn't find myself overall to be a gentle person. I'll have mm-hmm. gentle moments and right. I'll have gentle times in my life, but I'm most generally not a gentle person because, you know, you, but I see the need for that of, of, of being gentle mm-hmm. and I see the need of, of, you know, yesterday, um, you know, I'm jumping into this. It's, um, I quoted Julia Child. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but she would say constantly, presentation is everything. Exactly. And presentation is, uh, it, it is because you may be 100% right, but you're 100% wrong by the way you present it, by your facial expressions, right. by how, if you're angry, if you're this, if you're that. It's kind of like, um, you know, if somebody gets mad at me, um, if they came to me in a very gentle spirit, that's different than, and if it's not the same person over and over or the same group over right, and over, right. it's a different response. Exactly. But if a person said, hey, I, you know, they come to you very like that, it totally changes the yeah. other than like, I can't believe you. Da, 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 and you're like, whoa, you're automatically on the defense. Right. So. Yeah. When I think of that, I, there's another word that comes to my mind and it's humbleness. You know, I think when you when you come in a gentle spirit, right, you, you have you're humble. Right. You know, it's not about right. making you feel bad. It's not about pointing this out to say, ha ha, I told right, you so. Right. It's, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier. You've got that person in your corner. Well, and, and I agree with that because if you look at the fruit of the spirit, would you agree that um, when you're looking at the fruit, it really makes you think about your your whole spirit, your your attitude. And I think all of us need an attitude adjustment. I don't care how long you've been a Christian yeah. or how long you think you've been good or how right you think you are. Let's admit it that all of us need a swift kick in the backside sometimes and we all need an attitude adjustment. And I think, I don't remember if I did it in both services, but I said, who, raise your hand if you ever need an attitude adjustment. People raise their hands. I mean, you, you know that you may not really <clears throat> admit it when it's happening. But, you know, we, we, we do have to make sure that we're, um, that we're doing what yep. the Spirit's living in yeah. us and He's adjusting us and mm-hmm. I'm not adjusting myself. And I think the Apostle Paul is an absolute genius when he calls these, um, these nine things fruit. Yeah. yeah because that's what they are. Uh, because this is who this is who you are. This is the fruit you're displaying by you saying that Jesus controls my life. And yep. if I don't have a gentle spirit, if I'm not a patient person, if I'm not a loving person, then apparently. Right. The Holy Spirit's not driving my life. Yeah, exactly. you, is that the way you take it? Yep. That's the way I'm taking it. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I did say yesterday again, there's one thing about this fruit you cannot pick and choose. No. And because no. I think sometimes we get into the thing is like, I'm not real good at that. God loves me. So he's like, no, I, I, and he understands this, but also this is something that you're not doing on your own. It's the Holy Spirit right. that's right. doing this. Yeah. And the truth is, is, you know, they're not all going to come easy. No. That you do have to work at them. You do have to, you know, make it a priority to realize that, hey, you know, I, I may be a joyful person and that may come really easy mm-hmm, for me, mm-hmm. but gentleness, self control, you know, even if like, patience. Yeah. Even if love, joy, peace and kindness and those things come easy for you, are they easy for you? Or are you still letting the Holy Spirit? You, you still gotta let the spirit lead exactly. you, even if that's kind of the yeah. way you're wired. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit has to drive you because, um, you know, uh, 
I, I think I said yesterday, patience and gentleness would probably be two that I would really have to work on. But am I right saying that I have to work on those or do I, I relinquish control for sure to the Holy Spirit exactly. and yeah. let him work on those for me and watch what he can do? Trust him enough that he's going to do that. Right. So I read again. I'll let me read it one more time. Genesis five twenty two and 3. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I started off by defining mm-hmm. gentleness yesterday. And so we went to the Greek, and I said gentleness literally translated from the Greek uh, means power under control. And I thought that was good. Yes. Uh, and I think that's a good uh, a good starting place because um, kind of the word picture that goes with that is a small jockey sitting on a powerful ra- racehorse. And I think we've all seen that. And have, yep. you ever, have you ever been to a race before? I have not. I'm telling you. There is nothing like going to um, a, a bona fide 100% uh, horse race. It is the most, um, I mean, watching those um, animals run. Right. And uh, I love it when they run on the grass mm-hmm. because it's like, right. You, right. It's like it, when you when you hear the like the thundering horse, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it thunders. Yeah. Powerful. It's very powerful. I've actually thought, like I love horses. I've thought about being a jockey before myself. You know, you might be able to do that. If I lost like 20 pounds, I think I'd be right there. Some of those guys, some of those jockeys are little. They're little. Uh, we were at um, Keeneland with some friends of ours a few years back. And so we're uh, we're walking around and they're getting ready for the races and one of the jockeys come out. Dude, I'm telling you, um, he couldn't have been five foot tall. Right. And I bet he didn't weigh 100 pounds. Yeah, they're... But he's on this humongous little. horse. And he is taking this thing to where it needs to be. That's power under control. Yeah, exactly. Uh, big, um, big time. Um, but I just, um, I really believe that, um, you know, you know, we just need to realize that, uh, there's some areas in our life and, um, gentleness is one of those areas I think you don't see in the culture much today. No. And, and I all. think it bleeds over into us, uh, to the church and to, For sure. to Christians. Agreed. And so the second thing that, that we brought up yesterday was um, the example of gentleness. And, and you've brought this up every week, and it all points back the same way because it should. You know, there we have one model to follow, and and, and we have so much – to be able to follow up that model, and that's Jesus' life. Exactly. And and so, you know, Jesus is such a great example of that gentleness, and, and we've already talked about, you know, the main section of Scripture came from his encounter with the woman at the, the well, but I think well. of, you know, I think of his encounter with the, the woman who was caught in adultery, and right. you mentioned that a little bit mm-hmm. as well yesterday, and, you know, there were times, I even think, and, and I think they portrayed it well in The Chosen, mm-hmm. um, I think his encounter with Nicodemus, oh, yeah. you know, there was a gentleness there yep. that I think they, they probably portrayed that the way it was because exactly. Nicodemus was truly, he wasn't out to try to trick him. He wasn't trying nope. to trap him. He came under the cover of night. So he wasn't detected. He truly just wanted exactly. to learn. He wanted to figure it out. And, um, and I think Jesus was probably had a gentle spirit with exactly. him. Yeah, I mean, and there were other accounts as well, but I just think the count the encounter too though with the woman of the well mm-hmm. is um there's so much there. Yes. And um I, I'm gonna be this honest be a with sermon you. series. Well one hundred percent and I and I'm gonna be honest with you that uh, I think I said this at one point during this series that I'm I'm given snippets of these yeah. but I literally have shortchanged 
every single one of these stories yeah. because all I wanted was the example of Christ about the topic, but like the, the woman caught in adultery or you know Zacchaeus or right. uh, Nicodemus or Jesus being tempted or the woman at the well or all the things that we have used um about Jesus I mean could have been could have taken us into next year or beyond for uh, sure we could have broke those things down into several different uh weeks because there's so much in there I mean there's so much in there with the woman at the well when it comes to you know, just struggles and then worship and, you know, right. just the decisions that you've made and, you know, how you, the, her thinking on things and her not getting it and her, you know, yeah. it's like when I think of, when I see the woman at the well, I see a lady who's been hardened by life. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. She's been hardened by the game of life and she's allowed the game of life to harden her. Right. And she knows, I think she does know things because she talks about Jacob and talks about right. the well and right. talks about worship and talks about all these things. But I see that kind of even in today's culture, even with people that go to church, we've been hardened by life. We talk a lot about religious things and worship and we talk about this, but there's no aspect of the, what, what's Jesus tell, telling her? The living water. Right. Where you're never going to go thirsty. Right. So, you know, you can talk about worship to your blue in the face. If it's not connected, it's not going right. to, I mean, I could have used the vine yesterday too. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you can talk about all these things, but you're, you're still missing the point. Your, your, your soul is hungry and thirsty. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to quench that. Right. And, um, and I think that's the point to the whole story of this. And, you know, when I read this account, I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've been hardened by life. Mm-hmm. I've needed a thirst. I, I've needed my thirst quenched by Jesus and mm-hmm. for my soul. Yep. Have you? Yep, absolutely. And I'm probably going to be there again because we just get ridden hard and we we take things hard yep. and we overthink things. And mm-hmm. I think this woman was there. Yep. I think she's a very real life person for mm-hmm. us. She's she's probably one of the most probably the best example of a cultural. Blend because she's hitting right where we're at. Right. Would you agree? I mean, I mean, she's in a different time and I get that, but she's, but there's a lot of things about this woman who I think blends today. Right. Right. And so I'm going to read this first part of you. Is that all right? Yep. Go for it. John four, seven through 10. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with Sumerians. She said to Jesus, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, well, if you knew the gift God has for you and you who you are speaking to, you would have you would ask me and I would give you living water. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder what this lady's thinking because right. this is kind of a weird response exactly and her response is awesome mm-hmm. in john four eleven through 15 but sir you you don't have any rope or a bucket she said and this well is very deep and where are you going to get this water and besides do you think you're greater than our ancestor jacob and here here you go she's talking about biblical things i mean right see this is yep. the way she was raised exactly. okay yeah who gave this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, and this is an awesome reply. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come back to get water. Mm-hmm. Now, she's understanding, but she's not. 
Right. She's relating everything to the physical. The physical. Again. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, we, and, and I think I tend to do that too. But she, you know, obviously we know the backstory of what's going on. She's, she's coming to the well to draw water at yep. midday by herself because yep. she is an outcast yep. among the other women. Yep. And, and so she's in her mind saying, well, if, if I never have to come here to collect water again, then I don't have to be ashamed mm-hmm. and I don't have to be ridiculed and be made fun of by the other women. Give me this water. Exactly. She's still thinking earthly. She's exactly. still thinking physical. Yep. But how often do we do that too? Mm-hmm. You exactly. Know? And so Jesus says, John four sixteen. And 18, I love this. I love this. Yeah, G- Jesus knows. He's like, go get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. I, Jesus is awesome because he gets to the point. You know what I mean? He he's like boom, yep. he's going in, and and I think I said yesterday. I, I said the Bible doesn't say so, but I picture like there's this long pause, and I was like, you remember those old cartoons where the wolf the mouth would boom? Yes, that's the way I picture her. Like I, she's trying to figure out what Jesus is saying, but she's getting it. But this is crazy of what how Jesus is talking, and um, but you know, let's admit when you're reading through this, and Jesus knows this, her life is empty. Right. Her life is hollow. It's shallow. There's yeah. nothing going on. And I mean, how many times culturally, even today, mm-hmm. we have people who walk into our church doors all over this country and they're, they're empty. Yeah. They're, they're shallow. They've been hurt. They, it's like this woman at the well. She, she doesn't want to face what she has to face. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jesus is trying to get her to look at herself right. so she'll see. This is the need that the need that you have. And a lot of times people don't want to look at that because it's really hard to look at you Mm -hmm. and what you need to do. And that's but that's the beauty of Jesus. He wants you to look because he wants you to take the eyes off of you and look to him. Exactly. Here's what I can do for you. Mm -hmm. This is the beauty of Jesus Christ, because you got to realize this lady, you know, she's um, like we've already pointed out, she's living in a warped system against women she is lonely she feels empty um you know she uh, there's you know can i just say she's looking for love in all the wrong places sometimes for love in all the wrong places that's from the 70s right Uh, yeah i think so who sang that oh goodness i i can't remember it wasn't conway no, no, no! It wasn't Conway Twitty. That was I loved him though. No, was that uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman? No, it wasn't Stephen. Did you know? Oh, gee, here we what? go. What? What? John fourteen verses what? nineteen through twenty. Okay. Sir, the woman said, "You must be a prophet. So tell me, why is that? Why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans?" And, and I love what you did yesterday, and I've never really thought about it. Like Jesus is like, "Hey, you know." Go get your husband. And she's like, oh, I don't have a husband. He's like, oh, you're right. And he calls out, you know, exactly what's going on. Right. And I've never thought about it. She changes the subject here. Immediately. She changes the stinking subject on him. And she's like, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? She does change the subject and, and she's getting, she's getting this off of her and she's getting it on some top, on other, on this other topic that the Jews and the Samaritans get into. Right. And she's getting into that. So let's talk about this. Right. Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about this. And why do you. Right. Do this. But Jesus doesn't really, he does, but he, he doesn't take the bait, but he, he puts an answer to that. And I it, love it. Exactly. Love it. Yeah. John four. 
21 through 24, he says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. See, I love this. I love this answer from Jesus because um, I, I really believe that even though Jesus is not taking the bait of her changing the subject, he's answering the question, but he's also giving her the answer to her original question about living water, right. spirit, truth. He's all talking. This is all spiritual. Exactly. So Jesus is literally connecting the dots for her. Yep. And I don't see this woman. I, I see this woman. Like we've already described her, but I also see her wanting something. Right. So Jesus knows. She's it. thirsty. She, he knows it. Yeah. So he's, le- she's leaning on every single word that, that he, that he says. And, and I did, I did pause for a minute here and talked about worship yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I said, um, you know, for all of us today, um, can I remind you, worship's not about you mm-hmm. because I'm going to be honest with you, the Chris, a lot of Christians that I've known in every church I've ever yep. been, worship has always been about but, them. Well, the truth is, is I think that it's, that's a tendency that we all have to fight against. Yeah. You know, when it comes to worship and realizing too, that worship goes beyond music, you know, that's the big thing too. It's like worship is, it's our lifestyle, right? You know, we've mentioned Romans 12, one and two, that. That's what worship really is, but you're right. You know, worship is not about us. And I've had to have those conversations with people before as well, especially being a worship leader. Um, you know, is, is that worship isn't about us. It's not about the songs that we sing. It's not about where, you know, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter whether we worship here in our sanctuary. We can worship over in the gym. We can worship It doesn't matter in the whether you house. worship on this mountain or whether you worship in Jerusalem. in Jerusalem. It doesn't matter. Jesus is saying it doesn't matter where you worship just as long as you worship. Who are you worshiping? And is it in spirit and truth? Exactly. And yep. so, I mean, there's been a ton of people that I've known, and even in this church, they come to worship, but they're worshiping a building. They're worshiping right. a color of carpet. They're worshiping a pew or a stained glass window, or they're worshiping uh, the old pulpit, or they're worshiping they're, they're worshiping everything but God. Mm-hmm. There's so God. God's not even in the equation. You're you're using right. God, but you're not worshiping God. If you were worshiping God, you wouldn't give two iotas about any of those things I yep. just mentioned. And if those exactly. things are on your mind, and if those get your um, in a bunch when you are here and something gets moved or something gets changed mm-hmm. worship is all about you and not about god i'm sorry yep. we're never going to agree on that we're not even in the same ballpark we're not even on the same team agree sorry yeah i'm sorry you're wrong yep. because biblically you're wrong yeah so and that's where that's where the pharisees got in trouble exactly because it was all yep. about them it was all about the order it was all about the tradition mm-hmm. it was all about and they're doing, they did a lot of God things, but not, but they weren't doing it in the name of God. Right. It was in, it was it, to make it, themselves look exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, or to make I, themselves feel good or whatever. You know, sometimes I don't know if I should hug those people or if I should give them a swift, swift kick with my cowboy boot. Right. I, literally, yeah. I don't know what to do sometimes. Yeah. And this is where the gentleness part comes in. Exactly. I'm not real gentle with people like that. Right. But would you agree Jesus wasn't real gentle with the Pharisees? No, no, absolutely. Cause they knew better. They should have exactly. known better. They should have known better. You know, here with, no with her, he's he's kind of like, he's he's just kind of walking her along and getting her to where she needs to be. He's being more gentle. He's like, no, Pharisees, you, you've, you're done. I think your heart shows who you are mm-hmm. when it comes to money, your talent, mm-hmm. and who and what you worship. Yep. And you can say, I've been a Christian for 65 years. 
but who are you worshiping? Oh, I worship God. Do you? Mm-hmm. Let me change the auditorium out between now and next week. Let's see if your head doesn't explode. Right. If your head doesn't explode, I agree with you. You worship God. Yep. 100%. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm just saying that you, you people, as we move into this culture in 2023 and beyond, and uh, we have to get, um, we have to be so careful not to allow us to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just going to say, I I am my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And I believe everybody is in the same boat as I am. And um, amazingly, um, how God, what God can do when we just glorify him. Yep. That's not glorified if yep. we're all arguing over colors of carpets and if we're going to sit on a pew or a five-gallon bucket. There's no glorification to God whatsoever. Right. Um, so I, I really love what Jesus said, um, because I think it's so pertinent, not only to this woman, but it's so pertinent to us today in, in, in our culture for God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit mm-hmm. and in truth. Yeah. Plainly spoken. Yep. Plainly spoken. And I, I love, I love Jesus, man, that answer. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Yep. He's just saying, just worship him in spirit and truth. Yep. Doesn't matter. You can worship him anywhere. Right. So, uh, in John 4, 25 and 6, the woman said, well, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I wonder if her head exploded. Mm-hmm. You know, she got it. And I'd love to know how he said that because I love, you know, just that, that phrase, I am. You know, points back to God being the I. You know, we sing about it, the great I am. She would have known that phrase. Exactly. She Absolutely. would have known that phrase because she know with what the stuff she's talking yep. about in her in her she, teaching, right. she would have known that phrase. One hundred percent. So um, you know, we know and I didn't read the rest of the story, but we know that she ran back into town and told everybody about what this man had done. Brought, she brought everybody to him. Everybody and, to him because you know why he is the Messiah. Yep. She she figured it out. Um now correct me if I'm wrong. That was a Samaritan, yes, the very first person that he actually told who he really was. I believe you're right. I mean, besides obviously his it, disciples, disciples, correct? But, yeah, yes, but yeah, I think yeah. you know. So he revealed his identity not to a religious leader, not to no. a Jew, to a Samaritan woman, to a Samaritan woman who has been married five times mm-hmm. to. A, and probably have had a string of relationships mm-hmm. to to a Samaritan woman who doesn't get things right when it comes. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Tell right. me that Jesus Christ isn't for everybody. Exactly. I mean, yep. this story, it, it, literally, we could spend six months on this story. Right. Breaking it down, talking about all the aspects of it. And, you know, you already brought up the uh, the woman at the well. I mean, the the woman caught in the, the act of adultery. Uh, Jesus, again, was, um, you know, showed how gentle and kind he right. was. And, right. You know. Now, that being said, he didn't condone what either of these women were doing. No, I mean, he knew she was already guilty. Right. He knows she's guilty. Right. That's Zacchaeus. The point. He didn't condone. He didn't say, oh, you're good, buddy. No. What does Zacchaeus do? We see a life change in Zacchaeus. Exactly. We don't see what happened. I mean, we, we can kind of imagine what happened with the woman at the well and the woman who was caught in adultery. Exactly. You know, he tells the woman who was caught in adultery, where are your accusers? Right. Go and sin no more. He doesn't say, well, go on and continue your life. Exactly. No, love says, is love. Right. Love is love. No, we go Coexist. and sin no more. Yeah. And that, and that's the beauty of it because, um, you know, when you look at the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, um, She's guilty. Everybody knows it. And that's the same with you and me, right? We're guilty. Yep. We're guilty of our sin. I know it. Right. 
So what happens now? Well, Jesus says, here's what you need to do. Here's where right. you need to go. Jesus pointed her in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to know more about the woman caught in the act of adultery. I'd like to know what happened to her afterwards. I, I, I always have assumed that she somewhat followed Jesus from a, you know, maybe followed him and kept listening to him and her life changed. I can't imagine her not changing. Right. Right. Everybody who came in contact with Jesus, other than Judas, you know, pretty much changed. I mean, yep. who was with him. I mean, he literally took the stones and took the death weapon out of the mm-hmm. crowd's hand. And that was it. Yep. By his words. Right. And they did not know what. Um, to do, but, yeah. um, but I, I just know that, um, you know, here's, here's the late, the woman at the well. Um, Jesus had every right to pass judgment on her. And, um, you know, she's questioning Jesus about, you know, worship and, right. and, and all these things. And she can't keep marriages together. Uh, but Jesus, here's my point to all these stories. Jesus, uh, didn't want to win just this tiny little battle. He wanted to win the war. The war, the war and he wanted the heart. war of heart. Yep. That's what he's after. Yep. Because if he would have run the battle and argued, and he wouldn't have won that. Right. He, he would, they would have gotten off, and that's what happens today. We get off. Exactly. We get so off, we're sidetracked. We, yeah. We lose. Um, that's why I said the 20, 25 greatest words in all the Bible has to be John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. But. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. It gets better in John three seventeen, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Yeah. And the point is, is there's a lot of people today who fail to recognize that yes, God does judge us, and God maybe puts a judgment on us, and we have to suffer the consequences of our sin. But you have to realize, we're not, if you are standing on top of the grass. God's not, God has sent Jesus Christ to save you, not to condemn you. Right. That's the beauty of this. Right. And until you're under the grass six feet, that judgment day has already happened. Right. By the time you get in the ground, judgment day has already happened yep. for you. And you have to make things right before that time comes. Cause I don't know when I'm going to die. You right. don't know when you're going to exactly. die. I mean, I could live to be, I read the other day, there's the oldest living person right now is 122. Mm. 122. Think about that. That's 65 more years I'd have to live. My goodness, I don't think I could do it. Wow. But anyway, 122. And so they asked her a question. I'm, I hope I remember this right. I told, I read this to Anita. Um, what's the secret of long life? Do you know what she said? I, I, I almost wanted to say, God, why, why is this woman living 122 years? She's rich. She's been rich her whole life. This is one of the reasons she said. She didn't start smoking until she was 65. <laughs> and the other one is... Is she likes to take cruises. That's how she's lived 122 years. Mm, and poor, I'm like, poor thing. Exactly. I'm like, okay, you've lived 122 years and that's, that's your what you got out of life. Answers. It's like, if I lived 122 years, what is that? I think I'd say by the grace of God. Right. I mean, I mean, seriously. Wow. The Bible says what? Our number of our days are 70, 80 years. Mm-hmm. 122. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. That is a long, long time. So I just thought that was weird. Wow. I just thought that was weird anyway. Galatians 6, one, brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are more godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a good verse. Yes, it is. 
It's all about restoring people. Jesus came to restore. Yeah. Jesus came, to, you know, for God to love the world. God did not send his son to condemn the world. Help people. Mm-hmm. You're, you're restoring them. You're, you're sending them to Jesus to be restored, not to condemn them. We right. like to, we like to condemn. We like to condemn. And here's, here's the other thing. Like when I, th- I think I've seen it sometimes I've got in, in that, you know, mode myself is we like to wallow in our sin. It's mm-hmm, like, or mm-hmm. waller if you're from where I'm from. But, you know, we like to just, it's like, oh, and, and just mull it over in our brains and why did you do that and this right. and that. But, but if God is really about restoration, then yep. what do we do? We, we, you know, say, you know what? This isn't who I am right. in Christ right. Jesus. Right. And yes, we use that as fuel to not do it again, mm-hmm. but we press on, you know, past that. Yep. And so often you look at the woman in the well. I think she was wallowing in her, in oh, her situation. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, well, this didn't work out, so let me try another one. Yeah, well, that didn't work out. Even like when you're reading it, you can see her attitude is kind of like that. Right. Am I right? Yeah. That's the way I read it. And then I watched The Chosen and that scene, and oh, man. her attitude is like that. Exactly. She's kind of bent. Yeah. You know, when you're wallowing in that, you get kind of bent. You, right. You come off kind of like hostile. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what happens sometimes. Yep. We, yep. Um, I did this yesterday, uh, talked about Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty and, uh, sat on a wall. Yeah. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men. Can't put Humpty together again. Mm-hmm. We didn't even practice that. We just rolled with we it. We did. We did really well. Um, but I like what Chuck Swindoll said about um, this. He said, um, Humpty Dumpty was originally written as a parable, not as a tale about broken eggshells. It was about broken people with human and moral and spiritual failure. Yeah. Think about that. That's all of us, aren't we? Yep. We're, we're kind of cracked. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we have these failures in our life. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are moral. Some of them are physical. Some, mm-hmm. I don't know what they are, but we all have failures in our life. And, yep. um, you know, the, the fact, the, the fact remains is that, um, you know, I said yesterday, all the king's horses and all the king's men, you know, whatever happens in the White House, whatever happens in the government, the Supreme Court, they don't have any power in your life whatsoever to put your life together again. They can't, they cannot give you what you need. Your only need and your only hope is in Jesus Christ. And people are so waiting for the next bailout or handout yeah. or they're waiting for something to come down from, you know, from on high. Folks, if you're looking for something on high in Washington, you are so misdirected. Mm-hmm. You're on high. Is God. Exactly. You're on high is the word of God. It's Jesus Christ. That's all you have. You, if you, if you have anything in front of that, my goodness, that's your God. It's not, it's not, it's not the God who created the world. Exactly. Um, so, but I, I did tell this, I did say this yesterday. You realize if the Bible was written today, it would be your name. Mm-hmm. That's in the stories. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ch- Chenault got up and went to Marysville. And as he was going to Marysville, you know, and there's yeah. something that happens along the way. It would be so interesting to see how the Bible what that encounter went. looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And how they portray that and how that how that looks and how when you came to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and how happened, the journey that happened, you know, he became a Christian. But, you know, along the way, the you know, the trials of life and the hardships of life got to him and he kind of went away and here's what happened mm-hmm. and here's what brought it'd be amazing to see how, right. how how the bible writers would do that but that's the beauty of that so you have to realize i believe that god really works like that today absolutely i do and you realize that gentleness and we're, this has been our topic that gentleness is a natural result of two things number one that you realize that god has been patient with you 
Mm-hmm. And if you realize how much God's mm-hmm. patient with you, yeah. you're going to be patient with other people. And Absolutely. number two is when you allow Jesus Christ to take your heart, and that's the Spirit of God inside right. of you directing who you are. And I think that makes a huge difference, mm-hmm. a huge difference. Um, I like the scripture we ended with yesterday. I do too. It's nice. The book of Romans is just good anyway. Really good. Romans fifteen thirteen says this. Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of what? You? No. Nope. Holy Spirit. Yep. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, me and you and the Christian community relinquishing control to the power of God's Holy Spirit in our yep. life and watching and trusting mm-hmm. that he's going to move. Yep. And walking in his steps. That's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Because we, 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 you know, like I've said before in this series, we're control freaks. Exactly. We like to control. We like to be in charge. We like to know what's going to happen all the time. Yep. So. Absolutely. One more week left. Can you believe it? One, One more week. One more week left. Self-control. Ooh. It's going to be a tough one for you, so make sure you're sitting on the front row both services. Mm. So, self-control, you're right, 100%. Um, hey, let me uh, remind you of a couple of things. Uh, we are, remember, we're highlighting several of our RCC ministries over the next couple of months, and and we're doing that in the Welcome Center. This past week, we did the Grounds Ministry. This coming Sunday, it's also the Grounds Ministry. Uh, Rich told me that maybe had five or six people sign up to help, yeah, which is absolutely. awesome, because that's a great place to get involved if you like to you know, be outdoors and help with that. A lot of you might have some great talents with that. So mm-hmm. if you weren't here Sunday, you'd like some more information or you'd like to sign up to help, Welcome Center, um, Rich will be, Rich Kurtz will be here, and uh, he'll answer any questions you might have. And then um, LifeWise Sunday is coming up in a few weeks. You ready for that? Yes updates and all kinds of good stuff. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think it'll be really good. So that's going to be on Sunday, March 19th in both services. So really want you guys to come out and help support this. We've got a lot of great things going on with that, and I think you're going to be amazed what's happening. How about the breakfast coming up on the same day on March 19th? Young at Heart Ministry is providing a buffet-style breakfast in the Fellowship Hall prior to the first and second services on March 19th. Breakfast will be served from 8 to 8.45 for you early risers, and then again at 9.45. So come out, enjoy, and, um, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be nice. It's going to be good. Worship and breakfast. You can't get much better than that. Right. So the whole church is probably going to smell like bacon. Can't go wrong with that. No, bacon is always good. Maybe wouldn't it be nice if they made an air freshener that was just bacon, bacon scented air freshener? I think they do. Do they? Yeah, that'd be weird though. I think it'd be awesome because every every time you get up in the morning, it smells like bacon. See, that just makes me hungry. Well, yeah, that's true. Then I'd be angry because there would be no bacon. It, uh, let me ask you a question. And I need self control. I like bacon and sausage together. Do you like bacon and sausage mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm. Syrup. Okay, yeah, I do too. Um, so, you ever seen the dog food? Is it called snossages? Is that know. sausage and what? Have you eaten it. those before? No, I haven't. Have you? Well, I think so. <laughs> That's all awkward. If you dip that in possum stew. Oh, gee. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, just what a, else do we have going okay, on well, coming you know, up? Coming up is Easter weekend. We got yes, a whole is. bunch of Easter coming up. Yep. And, um,. I will let you guys know, I think I might have already done done this, but the sermon series, two weeks, is going to be victorious. Victorious. And we're going to talk about forgiveness and hope. 
and that's the two things. It's the gospel. Yep. So we're going to be talking about that. And then Easter, we have Easter egg hunt. You know about that's that? That's the weekend you? before, um, Easter weekend. So that's April the 1st. First, right. Um, that's going to be at the Richwood Park. We teamed up with Richwood Police Department again on that. And we're looking for um, you to be able to serve a couple of ways. First of all, you can just bring in candy. There are bins located throughout the church. Or if you would like to volunteer on the day of the Easter egg hunt on April the 1st, please reach out to Sue Ellen Ackerman. Um, if you need to email the church um, to get in touch with her, you can do that. Richwood Church of Christ at gmail.com. Look at you. Dot com. Look at you. And then we have Good Friday services on Friday, April the 7th at 6, 6 o'clock. That'll be good. It's it always good. a good one. It will be good. Um, and then we have Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. victorious, uh, 9 and um, 1030. And, um, hey, invite somebody to come out with you guys. Yeah. Um, get somebody here on Easter. Get them here the f- two weeks. You can't think of a better topic to talk about forgiveness and hope uh, for a culture that needs forgiveness and for a culture that needs hope. Absolutely. So um, I hope you guys invite somebody to come along with you and uh, take part in that. It would be awesome to see jam-packed house. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. Yep. Since our uh, Christmas uh, weekend got nailed, let's hope oh, that Easter my. is going to be nice. Man, if we end up getting frigid temperatures that. and speaking of that, did you see the forecast for Friday? I did. You sent me a Snapchat yesterday and you were like, no. That's three to five inches of snow well, after Wednesday being 70. They don't know what's going to happen yet. You know how it is. Dude. Dang. I just saw snow and I about lost my mind. Oh, it's high of forty one. My phone saying one to three inches of snow expected. Oh, nice. So it changed. Chance of rain ninety percent. So pretty much chance of slush one hundred percent. Right. But it's, it is baseball season. Were you wanting to leave Thursday to head down to Tampa to watch some spring training? I could go down to. I could go watch some Astros baseball. How about you? No, not Astros. Brewers. I watch the Brewers. I like the Brewers. I lived up in Wisconsin, so yeah, you I did, became yeah. a Brewer fan back then, too. So um, a lot of stuff coming up over the next uh, few months, and uh, I want you guys to just pay attention to everything, uh, all the communications. Um, we have the website. We've got Facebook. Um, we also have um, updates that go out by email. If you guys are not on the Connecting with Craig email that goes out every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, uh, you can contact the church, and we'll get you on that email. You'll get um, all the information that you need and dates and times and all kinds of stuff. So make sure you read that, Brandon, so you know what's going on. Every Wednesday morning at 8, I do. I know, right? Unless it comes out early. That's how I know it's Wednesday morning. Right? Because... You know, if Allison sends it out on Tuesday, I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Is it Wednesday morning? Your, your time I is totally all just off. messed yeah, up. My whole week is jacked up. Yeah. So I was wondering why I walked in and you were preaching to an empty crowd that one Saturday. Oh, right. I'm like, well, I thought I thought it was a day before. <laughs> it was a Saturday evening at that. Exactly. Exactly. So um, anything else? No, I don't think so. Come on. I'm good. No limericks or rhymes or mm-hmm. poems or mm-hmm. ditties or. Come on. Nope. I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm good, too. Okay, cool. Well, on that note, thanks for joining us this week on Grounded with Brandon and Craig. Uh, we do hope you have a great week. It's going to be crazy, like we said, with the weather. So Up and down, um, up and down, up stay, and down. Stay warm when it's warm and stay warm when it's cool. 
Okay. I'm really not sure what that means. What was that? What did that mean? I have no idea. So on that note, goodbye. Have a good one.